This is Kanzen Shu, the podcast, episode 365 for the week of July 13th, 2014. What up, else? Welcome to Kanzen Shu, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Kanzen Shu. That's right, though. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit oh entertaining. My name is Mike Vegito EX. I'm getting a little sleepy here on this Monday evening. Heath, Hugio, sir, you're just getting going. I've got my coffee, so I'm good. Oh man, it's one of those uh, late night recordings. You get a whole sad workday ahead of you. I know. It's depressing. I'm sorry, man. But uh, you can take solace in a little bit of Dragon Ball conversation with me. It's just us two, but that's fine. Hey, that's what gets me through the day. Is it my voice? Yes. It's so soothing. (laughs) I appreciate that. I fall asleep to it every night. (laughs) There are some podcasts that I used to fall asleep to, and I don't know if that's a compliment or the worst insult you can give to people. I think it's kind of a mixed bag. It is a little bit of both. (laughs) Heath, you and I were kind of getting back on track a little bit. Like I said last episode, the uh, podcast schedule, at least the release schedule, is going to be a little erratic over the coming weeks and the coming months. I did actually sort of have something planned with Jake that we're probably looking to do next week and that is going to tie in with a certain dvd box set that is coming out not from funimation so uh if you can do a little bit of math and research and understanding there you can probably figure out what we're talking about but i guarantee you it does relate back to dragon ball we just couldn't schedule it this weekend and i wasn't sure if i was going to do something but you had some time i have some time may as well do an episode. So Heath, you and I are going to cover, we have this tidbits section on Kanzenshu, and it's a little bit of a combination of old tidbits that I had from Daizenshu EX, plus some mini guides you had from Kanzentai, and we're continuing to add to them. They basically are just these kind of, I don't know, they're almost like articles, but they're not as long form and research heavy as the features. So we kind of decided, yeah, Tidbits is probably still the best name for them. It's just, that's why I kind of went with mini guide. Well, mostly because you you had used Tidbits and yeah, (laughs) but a lot of them almost are mini guides. They don't deserve their entire own section with multiple pages, but it's not really a feature. Right. So it's just, we kind of had to find a place to put them and that's where they've been hidden. So we have another edition there and I was kind of prompted to do this by some of the new reveals from Toriyama that we actually have covered here on the show. So you may hear uh, a little bit of a repeat there, but the topic here is, uh, I guess the best way to describe it is character fates. It's tidbits of information that we have received either from Toriyama himself, from maybe some of the other production staff. Maybe we're not entirely sure, but it was printed in a guidebook somewhere little bits that say hey after the series ends this is what happened to this person or maybe this is what i think could have possibly happened to this person and then absolutely yes this is what this person did so we have a good uh, bunch of character breakdowns to go through you're going to hear everything from all the way back in 1987 some of the stuff we were hearing and of course the series still had quite some time to go toriyama already had some thoughts back then all the way up to some of the most recent reveals from him so it's uh going to be our topic here and I'm doing that mainly so I can have an excuse to finally finish up the page and publish it live. That's how we roll here. I think we do that with a lot of stuff where it's if we talk we about do. it, we have to finish it. Yeah, it's like, well, now I have a 
a reason to force myself to do this. Uh, so other than that, I think what we're going to do is just toss back and forth a couple of quick news stories from this last week. We haven't really had a solid news segment probably in a couple months. I'd have to go back and check. But there's just been a combination of huge stuff which turned into its own topic and then a little stuff that almost isn't worth covering. So we'll just do some of these smaller things and then we got our topic and that's our episode this week. And we're kind of uh, just making our way through what it's like to do a podcast on a regular schedule can we do it we'll see this is the summer of can we do a podcast each week it's been an ongoing issue you know what it's it's the way things work out and it's fine it's fine obviously website content has not slowed down i saw you tweeting patting yourself on the back you're like this guy episode hasn't even been done for hours and the page is already done my wife went out of town so i was just at home all by myself Uh, like what am i gonna do okay i guess i can watch kai yeah. Okay, I watch. I might as well just make the page. Do the page, yeah. <laughs> See how so. it is. Oh, all right. So with all that said, let's do a couple news stories. A couple of these are just little bits of manga information, but I think they're worth tossing out there. This is a weird thing when uh, Dragon Ball SD, the collected edition of the, well, I guess the first collected edition of Dragon Ball SD was released. The digital version came out right alongside it. And we thought it was a little weird when the second collected edition came out, as well as Jocko the Galactic Patrolman, they both came out print. There was no digital release announced. Uh, We finally did just get that earlier this month. Uh, Those are out in Japan. Hand, Dragon Ball SD, still full color. Jocko, uh, we were kind of surprised, I think. Uh, at least Julian and I were. Were you that Jocko was not fully colorized? I was shocked because it's just something they've been doing with everything lately, at least I feel like. And, and why not? I mean, especially stuff like this, it's already done digitally to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's easier. It's not that hard. Right. Yeah, I was a little surprised. Maybe we'll get a colorized edition in the future. So they'll force That's people to. That's kind of what I'm wondering. Uh, I was kind of thinking that the only reason they held off on not even releasing these until now was maybe because they had some issues pushing the print edition with Mm. a digital edition coming out at the same time, and they just wanted... Not not a huge overlap. Yeah, they did release two print editions of Jocko, so they probably wanted that sweet, sweet dead tree money up front. Yes. Mm, that makes sense now in retrospect. If they only did one edition, but then SD, so maybe it was, if we're not putting this one out, let's hold back on both, because they released them at the same time digitally, too. But I also wonder how much of a push is there for people that really, really want SD. I don't know. I, feel I, like- I have no idea. I don't even follow it anymore. <laughs> I don't. And I'm I'm at the point now where I'm back to getting Psycho Jump monthly and my bookshelf mm-hmm. is like, well, what are you doing? Because I finally started doing the shelving down in the recording room here. Right. And I'm looking at these shelves like, oh my God, I have far too many Psycho Jumps for my own good. Most of them came from Julian. I have somehow ended up with three copies of the July 2014 issue of Psycho Jump. I need to do something about that. <laughs> I, I love getting messages from Julian. Uh, I have a pile of books. I, th- I can't remember if I... I give these to Mike already or not, but I have duplicates. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm looking across the way. I have three copies of July and I have two copies of May. I have three copies of March. So I'll work on that. I believe I have some of those. Yeah, you probably do too. We'll work on that. Okay. Uh, So that is that digital manga stuff. And then the other manga thing I wanted to cover. What do you think about this Glenat stuff? It's like the year Toriyama over in France. Hey, if France is having so much issues with the anime, they might as well go the manga route, right? <laughs> you know what? If we can't put out Battle of Gods, you get everything else we can think of. I mean, good on them. I think that's great. Yeah, and, it's and, awesome. 
I'm psyched for it's, that. It's something that almost any other country hasn't really had. So I'm really interested to watch to see how this all goes down because it looks just fantastic. Yeah, I mean, they're catching up on some of the stuff they're already doing. The Their Kanzenban, their perfect edition, looks like it could wrap up by the end of the year. It's probably going to slip into 2015. I think they have dated volume 33 for October. So I don't know if we'll see 34 quite by the end of the year. They might be shooting for like a Christmas. They, they might. I didn't see a release date for that one. Um, And the, the information in French out there seems to be like, around this time frame so that's coming out they're going to be wrapping up the movie the film anime comics which they actually started putting out because they stopped putting out the tv anime comics to focus on that but now they're also going to go back and wrap up the boot arc of the tv anime comics all the meanwhile they're the first country to license Dragon Ball SD. Speaking of Dragon Ball SD, they're going to be putting that out. Oh, and by the way, they also got Jocko the Galactic Patrolman. They're going to put that out. And they have the Battle of Gods on a manga as well, the film anime comic for that. It's just insane to think of all these things that no other country has ever had except for Japan. I know. For the most part. And they're going to get all of it. That's the thing. So, I mean, we have Jocko. We were very lucky. We got that day and date with the Japanese serialization digitally. That was great. And we're getting our print edition finally in January 2015. But France, on the other hand here, I mean, SD, I never really expected that to get out anywhere. It seems no. so niche and deliberate of a product for the Japanese audience specifically. But man, if they can put it out, awesome. See, I should have taken French in high school. I really should have. I took Spanish instead. Now I'm regretting it. <laughs> we, we have the Japanese release. Why can't you just look I at know. that? I, I do, but okay. I feel like the French might be easier to get. So they have a lot of that stuff going on over the course of the next year. I'm really excited for them. Good on them. Maybe Viz can take a cue. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, in terms of other news, I mean, we had some more figures announced that just came out, I think, the last couple of days. The next line of the Capsule R figures. It's just revitalization of old figures. Great. You can buy a pack of those. Uh, Hello is back in the news. What did you think about that? I loved this. Oh, my oh God. man. When we got a tweet about it and it showed up on my phone, I went, oh, my God, he's back i have to go watch this if you folks don't remember back in 2009 there was this uh i guess you could call him a record label called magic sound records with a singer named angelo who proclaimed to be putting out official new spanish mexican spanish dubbed versions of dragon ball music and at the time uh eduardo lucio 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 yeah there's no two c it's probably lucio uh he called angelo out as a pirate and the quote we got there at the moment there's no authorization that allows the existence of any official product in reference to magic sound records he was a director i think he was directing was he credited in spanish voice actor as well eduardo something like that or on halo uh no not on hello eduardo, eduardo yes. right yes yes he was i was correct he was voice actor and he took on the kai voice acting as well yes ha ha good memory from oh my god that was five years ago anyway so on hello is now putting out what's the name of the song kuzen zetsu go yes the japanese opening for the machin Buu arc of dragon ball kai which just alone the fact that he decided to do that is just mind-blowing. Heath, did you find it curious that this did not come out until a CD single with an instrumental of the song came out? No, I was not surprised at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's so official, you know, he got everything. 
straight off the CD. And I love the fact that the video that they put out. It's so good. The, it's so good. The original Japanese version with all the Japanese credits. Yep. Yep. And he's standing outside Toei, but there's like no one from Toei there. He's just nope. kind of standing outside the building. It's like when it's I awesome. go stand outside the Alamo and I tell people I fought here. Oh my goodness. Angelo, you are the greatest something of all time. It was brilliant. And just the fact that uh, more than likely this will never hit international. Anything. No, no, like this, of course not. The song itself, because we're going to be getting something different for the international version of Kai. But Right. I'm sure, you know, because he's so in the know, obviously he knows we're getting that song, so he better dub it right away. Just to recap, it, it has become very clear. We've documented this on the site. There are two versions of the Majin Buu arc of Kai in production. The Japanese version airing on TV right now appears to be a cut-down version of what will be sent out to the international audience, which itself has a different opening and a different ending. Kuzen Zetsugo is not an international guy song. Fight it out. Fight it out. So, Heath, that's the news. That was fun. Made my day when I got that tweet. Yeah. I know. I just, I had to watch it at least twice. Ran upstairs like, type, 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 type. Sorry, family. Gotta do this. Of course, we only just finished recording this podcast a few hours ago, so naturally there had to be some late-breaking news. So let's jump in here real quick with that. Anime News Network is reporting that the September issue of V-Jump which will officially hit Japanese shelves this Saturday, July 19th, will contain an exclusive scoop unveiling a brand new Dragon Ball Z movie. The movie is yet unnamed, but is currently still in production with Akira Toriyama lending his hands once again to this fine, fine franchise. He will be providing the original concept, writing the script, and drawing character designs. Now, currently, the film is slated to premiere in Japan during Golden Week, which will most likely fall sometime at the very beginning of May 2015. Toriyama did provide some additional comments about the film's production and his involvement, uh, but all we really know at this time, based on what Anime News Network is reporting, is that this is a new story, um, so it is new material, although Toriyama does kind of disclose that it's something he wanted to originally include in the series, uh, but for some reason did not. Of course, as soon as we get a copy of the magazine for ourselves, we will translate his entire comment. We'll get that to you guys, so make sure you watch the website. More news coming soon. Yeah, this is happening. It's happening again. My mind is blown a little bit right now, but... I don't know what else to say. So, you know, we're going to jump back to uh, the original podcast, and I am sure we will have more on this in the very near future. All right, let's talk the fate of characters. So like I described up front, these are literally tidbits of information. That's why they're in the tidbit section. Put out there most by Toriyama, but we're going to cover a couple other uh, folks as well. Saying, hey, the series is over or perhaps still quite well in progress. This is what happened to this character later on. Or maybe this is what I think could possibly happen to that character. We see that a lot in publications and from Toriyama himself. I'm thinking specifically to, man, is it the perfect file books? I remember talking about this with Jake, where they're like, could there be an original planet Saya out there? It's like dot, 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 question mark. Even we don't know. Yeah, they like to set those things up, I feel like. Where they can say things, but not have to commit to them. So yeah. if something is changed down the road, they're not really at well, fault. Well, they probably get a lot of questions and 
Sort of like, gosh, I don't know. I'm not going to spend any time actually thinking about this. That's right. That's what we're for. That's right. We're here to document it all and when they changed their minds. We are going to start here all the way back in 1987. We've talked about this book a few times. Heath, when people talk about guidebooks, I feel like the only word they know sometimes is Daizenshu. And it gets uh, a correct and appropriate amount of importance, but sometimes maybe too much because there's a lot of other stuff too. It's kind of weird because they are definitely at the forefront. Yeah. Of everything. I mean, they were the largest collection, but at the yeah. same time, a lot of the information that was in there, I, I don't know why, maybe a lot is a little generous. A good but amount. A, there's a good amount in these books that actually come from prior guides. Mm-hmm. And not only that, it's almost verbatim written exactly the same. But you also have like, for instance, in this adventure special from 1987, we have things in there that never made it into the Dyson shoes. So if you don't have this book, you've never read it. There is a little bit that you miss out on. Righto. So this Boken special, the adventure special, mm-hmm. one of the first bits of character fates we're getting here, something a lot of folks have asked about. Yeah, uh, When Jackie Chun happens to destroy the moon <laughs> at the 21st Tenka Ichibodokai. Before you say it, though, yes. this is honestly one of my favorite answers from Toriyama. It is. It's just about anything. to the point. If you do remember back to the early part of the series, there was a certain uh, boss rabbit uh, Tonin mm-hmm. Jinka, I believe, is in Japanese. Yep. Uh, him and his gang were brought up to the moon. And, to pound mochi right, for all eternity. Right. Well, the moon was destroyed. So uh, when Toriyama was asked about this in the adventure special, he responds simply, they're drifting through space. They're still alive. He didn't have the compassion to kill them. Right. It's the kind of thing where they're gag characters, so they cannot die, obviously. Mm-hmm. So what is going to happen to them? Well... Clearly, they are drifting through space. And that's all we get about them. That's I think that's a fine answer. I, I love it. It really harks back to the gag aspects that happen, you know, in the first 28 chapters yeah, or so. Yeah, totally. So. Totally. Um, Heath, we have a couple other things from the Adventures special here. Now, this is kind of a, a two-part because we're going to talk about Sudu Senin, the crane hermit, and Tao Pai Pai, his brother, the assassin that worked with the Red Ribbon Army. Um, so we get a little bit here and then many, many, many years later, we get kind of an updated, expanded answer. Heath, what is the first thing here that Toriyama says about Sudu Senin? from the adventure special. Toriyama tells us that he's probably just out in the desert or somewhere secretly awaiting his chance for revenge. I guess. I guess. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which is a very Toriyama answer of, I'm just kind of going to make this up. So we have that answer back in 87. Now in 2004, the second guidebook for the Kanzenban, Dragon Ball Forever, Toriyama gives an updated answer for Sudu Senin and Tao Pai Pai. He says, yeah, and it's an elongated yeah there. I'm not just saying it that way. They got mixed up in something or other and died, but they were bad people. So perhaps they weren't restored to life. I love that. Like, yeah, they died question mark they were bad people so good i think that's the classic toriyama kind of answer where it really is even in written form you can hear that stretching for crap i gotta answer this who was that again so another character that seems to be forgotten about by various people and i think we're gonna address not the fans Right. I think we're going to address this at some point soon in the rumor guide. There is poor old lunch. What happens to her? So Toriyama is asked about her in actually the same Q&A from Dragon Ball Forever that 
we were just talking about. Uh, specifically, if she ever got to meet up with Tenshin Han again. If you remember, she was quite infatuated with him. We got a little extra filler in the TV adaptation there in the Saiyan arc with them. Toriyama says, I wonder. Tenshin Han gave lunch the cold shoulder, but she tenaciously persisted, and ultimately they were together. Couldn't that be it? <laughs> it's the same kind of thing where it's like this is an answer right yeah but i love that he asks a question at the end yep, yep, like yep. well what's your opinion that could work right oh heath we have uh, another two-part answer here and this is about our buddy yamcha so we're gonna wrap up this dragon ball forever q a uh one more thing here toriyama is asked if yamcha was ever able to become happy it's a great way to phrase it so toriyama responds and he's uh he's talking about yamcha and his bad luck with women he says he'll always be like that and he laughs there now we got a little bit of an updated answer and this was part of the enormous amount of battle of god stuff that we were doing on the site. Heath, what was this Mando Kobayashi thing that we did? Uh, Mando Kobayashi, it was a, a television show where they had some voice actors and uh, producers come on. I believe even the the director of the movie. Wasn't, yeah, Hosoda Watanabe was there as well, yeah. perhaps, something like that. And uh, I think they also met with some fans, I believe, and just had a, a general discussion about characters, uh, the movie's production, various things. And it was all recorded, broadcast on television. Except Toriyama will not appear in person. Yes, and I believe they sent him questions yes. and on note cards, and he just wrote on them and sent them back. He gave and so back. the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, the the host, Kendo, uh, just sits there and reads Toriyama's responses, and then everybody comments on them. Right. All right. So why don't you give us Toriyama's response about Yamcha here so many years later in 2013? So Toriyama says, like you, Kenkoba, he has the dilemma of loving women, but not being good around them. So he is still wandering blindly in search of the ideal partner he won't be nervous around. He's even worked in a host club, but because of his nervousness, it didn't go well, and he was fired. His livelihood is mainly working together with Puar as a freelance bodyguard, but he occasionally goes to Tension Hans to help with the farm as well. That's great. And which harks back to his his answer previously to Tension Han, who is apparently working on a farm. Right, right. I love that Yamcha can't hold a job. He's like, man, could I come work on your farm? Now, we have more from the same TV episode. Uh, a couple more characters, probably the ones you're expecting, tying in here, Tenshin Han. Toriyama's response about Tenshin Han, this seems to be pretty much in line with what he was hinting at earlier in the Dragon Ball Forever Q&A. He says, Stoic Tenshin Han mainly does farming in addition to his training. He can split into multiple bodies and grow extra arms, so harvesting the crops goes quickly. He was found by Lunch, who fell in love with him at first sight and had been constantly pursuing his whereabouts, and even reluctantly lived together with with her, but she wasn't cut out for farming, and Tension Han has no interest in romance, so she left after just a few days. After that, it seems lunch apparently stops in from time to time. So she's around. Yep. But yeah, off doing her own thing, it sounds Still like. Still seemingly infatuated, but like, you know what, guys? This farming thing, I think you got it covered. It's like those people that, you know, we propose and then it you don't get married for like 10 years. <laughs> it's like, come on, man, just do it. Right, right. He's got no interest. All right. So we have one more bit from the same series of Q&A sent back to uh, the, the program here. Heath, what about Chatsu? Chatsu, my man. So Toriyama said, uh, naturally, he helps out with farming together with Tension Han, but his work utilizing his telekinetic powers has a reputation for its efficiency, and he is hired at an expensive rate by farmers nearby, so he apparently has a surprisingly large amount of money saved away. 
So apparently it. all of their farming is paid for solely by Chiaotzu's telekinetic powers. That's great. Like the little unassuming dude is the one with the massive fortune. Yes. Or at least enough to survive. I would totally buy it. I mean, if you watch Dragon Ball movie three. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, alternate retelling, but I mean, yeah. it seems to be same thing. He's everywhere. a prince, right? Right, he's supporting himself, supporting his buddy Tenjin Han, and apparently supporting Yamcha as well. Oh, man. See, I love in the series how everyone just works around it. Like, wasn't there even originally a question, you know, what does Goku do all the time? And then right. he becomes a radish farmer. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and finally, at some point in the future, Gyu Mao's grand fortune has run out. <laughs> right. Like, Lived off it far too oh, long. Oh, everybody's just such a moocher in Dragon Ball. <laughs> We could do an entire section about who spends whose money. Maybe we should. We should make a flow chart. That'd be pretty good. All right. Let's keep going. This is one of the more recent ones we got. Uh, there's a little bit of a backstory here. We've covered it pretty extensively on the site and even in person at panels occasionally. That's toward the end of the manga. There's a scene where number 17 helps donate to Goku's Genkidama, the one he's using against Boo. Of course, it always seems a little weird that 17 pops up out of nowhere. We never really got an answer if he was kind of resurrected with with Cell's explosion or anything like that, did we? Yeah, you never see him come back. Right. So it's like, oh, all right, I, I guess he's there, maybe counted as part of something. But then he's donating, and it's the kind of thing where, all right, he's an artificial human, and we had the whole thing about we couldn't sense their key. Does he have any human key left in him? Maybe. What, kind of weird that he's donating. And that got expanded upon in the anime where he kind of holds up with a shotgun there, a couple folks out in the mountains. Now, the story here is originally that panel was supposed to to be lunch but Toriyama he doesn't really give an answer why he changed lunch to 17 but he did there so um, that's kind of the backstory here and uh, this answer if you could call it that not really an answer this situation this was expanded upon very very recently in a Q&A just earlier this year in 2014 in the the full color version of the cell arc the sixth volume of that has some q a stuff in the back and this is where we get the real names for 17 and 18 and we did cover this recently but here's what toriyama says about 17 he works in the wildlife preserve area of a gigantic royal nature park as an outstanding guard who doesn't hold back against poachers it's an ideal job for number 17 who loves to be on his own and isn't big on cooperating with others since he's so good at his job he takes in a high salary he's married to a zoologist they have one child and two adopted children and live happily in an isolated house inside the nature park. He went and met number 18 in Kudadin one time, but didn't talk about what he'd been up to, maybe because he considers such a wholesome lifestyle embarrassing. So it definitely seems like the kind of thing where perhaps Toriyama either remembered what he did there or referred back to it as like, all right, he's out in the mountains, he's got a gun, uh, nature preserve. It fits. And especially if you look at the TV adaptation, totally fits with what we saw. I mean, we didn't get any mm -hmm. context for it, but maybe he wasn't holding them up. Maybe they were poachers. That would be hilarious. And he was the good guy there the whole time. Oh, see, it's all retconned. There you go. That That's a good retcon. That actually fits. Nothing. No, uh, wait a minute. Dr. Garrow, who created what? So, Heath, we're going to wrap it up with kind of the big one here, and that's Goku. We have a bunch of different sources. We have Toriyama. We have Nozawa and we have uh, indeterminate staff on Dragon Ball Online a little bit. So we don't know quite what Toriyama
Calvin's contribution was to this information in particular, but there's a whole lot here. Now, Heath, there were some Dragon Ball Z anime special magazines released. What were these? There were two magazines that came out, one around the time the Cyan arc was wrapping up, and another around the time the Frieza arc was sort of wrapping up. And they were larger than normal magazines, bigger than uh, Weekly Shonen Jump itself. Yeah, yeah. And, Taller and wider. Yeah. And they had some stories, illustrations in there. Um, and at the very back would be a breakdown of all the episodes who worked on them, um, descriptions. But inside there were also interviews, um, stories, little pamphlet inserts, uh, just basically a lot of information about the series at that point. So uh, we got a little extra comic here, and this had been reprinted, I think, in, was it Daisenshu 7? No, not 7. 7. Was it 7? Geezer Goku, I think, as we all have started referring to him. Uh, this comic here, Toriyama, was detailing his involvement with the TV adaptation, which we have a big section on Kanzenshu, Toriyama's contribution to the anime. But Heath... Um, in this little thing, he drew what he said is an old version of Goku, and he gave a little bit of an idea of what he might want to do. What did he say here? Yeah, there was, uh, it was a little pamphlet that was inserted, and I believe this was the last panel. Yeah, yeah. And it just goes through how he developed the character, and then he even starts talking about how he doesn't know how the series is going to end. Right. And he goes on to say, because of this, even I really don't know just when the heck Dragon Ball will end, or what's going to happen up ahead. Maybe I'll even turn Goku into a geezer like this. And then he draws the picture. <laughs> right. It's Goku basically looking like Kamisenin, the mustache and white hair of his own. Yeah, it's he's basically become Kamisenin, but he's not bald. It's a fusion of Goku and Kamisenin. It looks exactly like that. Right. So this is an example of a fate that um, maybe could have happened eventually. It could have. But I mean, we know at this point, probably because not. it's been talked about enough. I mean, he was just flying by the seat of his pants. Yeah. So this is more of an offhand comment of, see, I could have done this. Right. I definitely wanted to include it because I, I think yeah. it's, it's a fun. No, thing it is. There. It's it's a great picture. <laughs> it is. I think that's mainly why I put it there is the picture. <laughs> so we're going to go over to Masako Nozawa here now, the voice actress for Goku of all time. Uh, now, in the final volume of, well, there's only two. So it's like the final volume, the second of two of the Dragon Ball GT Perfect File books. There's an interview with Nozawa and uh, a lot of people really love that final episode of GT. Lots of questions. Continues to be one of our most popular pages on Kanzenshu. The tidbit, again, check out the tidbit section, our analysis of the ending to GT. Now, Nozawa has some really interesting thoughts. She says here, the scene where after Goku finishes fighting, he rides off on Shenlong and says, Shenlong's back sure is warm. That's because riding on Shenlong means that Goku's going to leave this world and go to the world of the gods. I was glad that they didn't write it plainly that he died though. I feel that Goku probably went to Shenlong's place and is training again. Now you can of course say rah 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 GT doesn't count or you could look at it as Nozawa second to Toriyama and perhaps more than Toriyama in some respects understands the character of Son Goku to such an incredible degree and I think if she says something about Goku or theorizes on what's going on with Goku I'm going to stand up and pay attention to that mm -hmm. yeah she she does a good job of of keeping up with him as a character and she really knows him yeah development and she'll tell you she is him yeah <laughs> Nozawa is Goku I think her 
her exact words. So uh, you can check out that whole tidbit there. I think that'll give you some extra information about there. I mean, that's the most concrete we have, and that's why it's going to be over on this Character Fates page. We have some other thoughts of our own. And Heath, I think to wrap it up here, we have to go to Dragon Ball Online. Now, the accompanying story of Dragon Ball Online that we have some, finally, a wonderful translation of the back history leading up to it, thanks to the Devil's Corpse on our form, one of his friends. Just a wonderful translation of the Korean. Of course, now we have Jake who's like, you know what? I'm going to learn Korean too. That kid, I tell you. <laughs> <I'd-> <laughs> If you go through the back history to Dragon Ball Online, I was really struggling because I was like, man, pretty much everything here could be considered the fate of a character. But I really wanted to draw the line at not quite a death of a character, but things like, oh, so-and-so went on to teach so-and-so. In some ways, it does feel very similar to what Toriyama was saying about like tension on farming, but there were just so many instances of it from the Dragon Ball Online story that I felt they almost didn't belong. Am I convincing you enough of why I didn't include all that stuff? No, it makes sense to me. I mean, this page would be three times longer than what it is now. Right, and it would just be the Dragon Ball Online thing. So I wanted to stick with kind of this ultimate fate thing here and this is both goku and vegeta now this is something that so many people love to write stories about and think about is man what happens to these characters in gt we do see the statue of son goku there at the budokai arena so it seems like he's remembered in that world in some regard but dragon ball online pretty much disregards the gt story and not in a mean way just because that's just how Dragon Ball Online goes. I want to read this to you here. If you haven't checked out this, I'm going to link to the forum thread where we have all the translation stuff as well. The Dragon Ball Online story says that in age 801, which would be 17 years after age 784, which is where the manga ends at the 28th Budokai, so 17 years after that, realizing his death is imminent, Goku, who wanted to settle their rivalry, left the Earth with Vegeta. Years later, a supernova explosion was detected perhaps caused by son goku and vegeta's battle i think that is just really really perfect and i think a great understanding of those characters they would totally just leave yeah you know for the betterment of everyone including themselves right so i mean kind of thing where you know we're here we're a magnet for evil but also we really want to fight one last time peace out i really myself i love the supernova yeah yeah explanation just because you're not sure like there's no guarantee they're dead right but they right. might be Leaves and was nice that and them yeah. you know it's it's a nice open but solidified ending and i think that's the dragon ball online story really understands dragon ball where it's kind of that hopeful yet has a sense of finality to it mm-hmm. oh it's so good it's so good and you get time traveling trunks yeah you do which apparently we're going to be getting again in the future with xenoverse so yeah. that'll be a thing so again this character fates page could be three times the length just due to the dragon ball online story and maybe i'll pull one or two others in there but we'll see i don't know a lot of well, it- and it's because so many characters get like married or die or take a new job or travel back in time or i mean there is so much that you could take from it right right but so i wanted to get kind of the most important one here on the page so i think this page is kind of in good shape we read you most of the quotes here i think i'm going to toss a couple extra pictures on there 
you have any manga stuff sitting around on your computer, that'd be helpful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, I could do maybe that. Maybe we can do some <laughs> stuff like that. Um, I mean, there there continue to be some extra Q&A things going on. I know Julian and Jake are working on something. I actually don't know what a lot of the questions are from the last month. So maybe we'll have one or two more additions to this page. We'll, we'll see how that goes. There is an up, I guess we could... Okay. I'm not going to come straight out and say it, but there is a really neat one that's in there of a character that many people have asked about, All but right. we've never seen. <laughs> no, I saw the images floating back and forth. I didn't actually mm-hmm. look at the images that Julian sent over. <sighs> It's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's another one of those, did it really need to be brought up? No, okay. You know, yeah, sort yeah. of things. But at the same time, a lot of people are like, oh, finally, now I know what happened to this person. All right. Well, look forward to that. And I know Jake's working on it, his schedule. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we didn't get to the podcast episode we were planning on doing. So uh, clearly he didn't get to all the translation work he wanted to do as well. So got some good stuff coming to the site. Uh, Heath, I think we're going to go ahead and just wrap up the episode. You got a, a work night ahead of you. I'm going to go crash for the night. I just wanted to say that um, I ordered more stuff because I'm stupid. I know. So, How many CD singles have you ordered oh, in the last gee, I don't even. I keep forgetting <laughs> about that. Yeah, I have three of the Junjo CD single coming my way. I haven't even opened the DVD versions of the uh, Good Morning America thing. I don't know why I bought them. Because you're a completist like me. Yeah, I, I say that, but I think back and remember when the first Kai soundtrack came out, there was a regular and the limited edition. The limited edition mm-hmm. came with the box and a couple like unfinished extra tracks. I only bought the limited edition. I didn't get the regular version. So why, See, am, I, and that's... why am I buying regular edition? plus A plus B version of these CD singles. What's wrong with me? It was five years ago and you forgot. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But that's what I do. If if something's released in a regular and a limited. Oh, and only limited. I, want, I, I pretty much just get the limited. Most of the time it's the exact same thing just with extra things with it. Yeah, although there have been some differences. I think back to like the the Rule and Sparkle CD single, the oh, Evolution yeah. song. There were differences. I think, I don't know if the Rule remix was different, but the Sparkle remix was different. So that was kind of a thing. Anyway. That that made your day, didn't it? Ugh, I only bought one of those. I didn't buy multiple of Rule, but apparently today I'm ordering three versions of every CD single, and I don't know what I'm going to do with go. all these. So Julian, we've talked about this a lot. Julian buys every magazine every month. And uh, for a while now, he's been offloading what he can to me for our basically our new archive room here at New Jersey Consensu headquarters. Heath, they're kind of like uh, guidebook headquarters. And I think I'm supplemental material headquarters. Yeah, I would say that's pretty accurate. I'm looking shelf full of V jumps and psycho jumps and stuff. So when Jocko was being originally serialized over over in Weekly Shonen Jump. Of course, Julian was buying each issue. Unfortunately, along the way, uh, Volume 39 either uh, was destroyed or spilled on or something. <laughs> so <laughs> I was missing one of the Jocko volumes. I, I found one on eBay and I put in a best offer, five bucks under what they were asking for, and they accepted it. So I'm like, oh, awesome. So I have that on its way to fill in my collection there. And uh, our buddy Tanuki, Joe, the other day, I don't know how he found this or how he knew that this was appropriate to me, but the Japanese version of Infinite World on PS2 
was only $9.99 on PlayAsia. Infinite World happens to be the only Japanese version of a PS2 Dragon Ball Z game that I did not already own. So I ordered that. I will now have a complete Japanese PS2 collection. Little asterisk there, I don't have Dragon Ball Z 2V. Oh, well, that's understandable. So I, I don't feel bad about that. I would love to get you it You can one still day. find a copy, but... From what I've seen, they're rather expensive. They they totally are. So uh, we'll see if I get that one day. But I'm excited to actually finish out that Japanese collection. That was finally at the point where Atari was starting to do the uh, dual language thing on the games. And I think either we got it first or it was like a week ahead of the Japanese release. So I just, at that point, bought the American release. Uh, but otherwise, I own all the games in Japanese on PS2. Happy to have a finished collection coming my way. There you go. That's what's going on That's with my wallet. That's what the internet is for. Yeah. And those three versions of Junjo, those are on their way. Oh, yeah. Be the first thing you open, I bet. I like the song. I have not seen it in context of the show. I hear the ending animation is super awkward. Mm, very. Yeah. You can tell they're like, oh, gosh, how... I only want to do so many frames. Yeah. So how do we do this? The beginning is great. And then you get about halfway through the ending and you can tell they just shot one sequence and they decide to extend it out. Really? And that, I mean, that's it. Hmm. It's what we're probably going to get with the next two endings as well. Because I'm digging the songs kind of in a vacuum as songs. I like the songs. Yeah. Animation for this stuff, though, man. I don't know. Yeah. They're not, they're not trying anymore. No, it's coming on the cheap. That's for sure. <laughs> Toei 2014. What do you expect? All right. We done? I think we're done. All right. Um, Tell the kids. Where's the site? Where's all the stuff? All the stuff you ever wanted to know can be found at consensu.com. That is www.kanzensuu.com. Com. We got your website. We got your Twitters. We got your Facebooks. We got your Tumblers. We got your Googles. We also have your forum and your chat. Check us out. All those places. You can come play Final Fantasy XIV on the Midgard Sormer server. We've got a consensu free company. Come on and play. Um, I feel like every when does Kai air? It's Sunday morning. Sunday morning in the U.S. It's Saturday, Saturday night. night. Every Saturday night, all of a sudden the chat fills up with people complaining. So you can yep. check that out. You can't talk about Pokemon anymore. <laughs> right. Saturday night Pokemon is off the table. I haven't talked about Pokemon in a while, but, you know, we got the Hoenn remakes coming out. So yeah. maybe I'll have to fall off that wagon again. Or get thrown off. Yeah. <laughs> Mary's going to throw me off that yeah. wagon. That's for sure. But um, I guess one last plug would be yep. if people want to go to the forums general discussion um let us know where people are going to see battle of gods we've oh, got a couple right, set right. up for us where we're going so if we can get uh, some i don't know viewing parties i'm so glad you remembered i made that thread until they forgot about it don't worry i've been updating it Have you? for you <laughs> in fact you didn't even put a date I thinking, so i put a thinking, date in there and then i put a question mark like i think this is when that. you're going I've been thinking about that for days and every day I'm like, I should edit that in. And then the next yeah. day I should edit that in. And I never do. I did it like the very day you made that thread. Really? So it's been there and I didn't have to do it myself. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad we have each other's backs. I know. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. With that being said, this has been episode 306. 
55 of our podcast here at Guns and Shoe. I have been Mike. That has been Heath. And I'm losing my voice. I'm exhausted. I need some Mm. water. Uh, Have a wonderful night. Have a uh, wonderful week. What is going on? I don't know what's happening. Dragon Ball is wonderful. It is. Heath, what do you got? Wrap it up. Thanks for joining us this week, everybody. Hopefully we can uh, become a little more regular here in the future. But check back next week because... Something may happen. We will get out of this slump, I think, next week. <laughs> I hope so. Uh-huh. It's a Toriyama-style joke. Because it's horrible? Yes, I'm going to stop and say that. Okay. Oh, oh.